Hello, this is Dr. Taylor Hartman with Very Best of Living. I'm with my cohort and very close friend, Kat Larson. How are you? Hello, Taylor Hartman. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm very well. <laughs> I'm good. You, well, I'm you good. always sound good. You always sound terrific. That's good. I'm <laughs> well, glad to hear that. You. So what's the best thing happening in your life these days? Oh, my gosh. We've had a tough week here at the Larson household. What's um, gone on? A tough my daughter, who is uh, in college yep. and in ROTC, right. found out from news yesterday. She had received a ROTC scholarship, and we've kind of gone along, and they were she's had two ACL repairs. She's mm. a basketball player, and then she's had two ACL repairs. Yeah. And she found out yesterday that they said no Wow. to her. So, so That's heartbreaking. Um, you know, the worst thing, it is. The worst thing about it is like, you know, as a parent, you parents out there, um, everybody knows this feeling. It's like she's 1,500 miles away in Seattle, yep. Washington. Yep. And you're here and you, you know, you feel like you need to Be there. get to her as soon right. as possible. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wrap your arms around yeah. her. Yes. Yeah. So, but it's always, a, uh, it's always a beautiful thing because, you know, it's like a couple of things happened in the last 24 hours where, I was talking to somebody. I had a recent uh, surgery and the the PA, the physician's assistant, I was talking to him and that's what my daughter wants to be as a physician's assistant and just kind of opened some doors wow. beautifully Wow! That uh, and offered up some things. And it's just like, huh, yeah. life is interesting sometimes, right? <laughs> if you quit trying to control it so damn hard. <laughs> you know what I love about that? When, when you really, it is so hard to really trust it. It is. Like we it think we, we need to do it, right? And yet, like what happened to your your daughter is exactly what we go through all the time. Things happen in life that are not pleasant. They don't feel good. Um, I'm not no. sure life is ever fair. I'm not sure about that. Um, however, I, I do think who we are and how we are does create a lot about our life. Like what is going to happen to us and how we go through life is more to do with our resonance and how we step up forward versus what's done to us. What do you think about that? I absolutely think you're right. And I, I think it takes a long time to step away from the, the fairness issue. Yes, yes. And it's hard because it's almost like whoever your higher power, God, or whoever it is, it's not like he's got, you know, um, all the buckets that he's putting up one penny in each of them. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. It doesn't yeah. work that way, right? <laughs> no. It doesn't work that way. And yet, like what you said about your daughter, so it's so interesting. It, when I have people do this activity where I have them list the top 10 things in their life that have just been uh-huh. so positive and then the things that are the worst things in their life, right? And then do a, uh-huh. um, a chart, lay it out on a chart. It is so interesting how often it's like a five positive goes to a 10 negative, goes to an eight positive, all within a matter of, you know, days, months, close by. Yes. And and I think that's part of what life's really all about is how do you gauge uh, managing the highs and the lows, right? And accepting them for what they do to color your life, to make your life what it really what it is. And it, like what happened to your daughter, like to be rejected and then to have this wonderful insight about what a possibility, which by the way, is far more critical in terms of life, you know, career path is way more critical mm-hmm. than the moment, but it doesn't mm-hmm. feel that way at the moment for sure. It's oh also- no, she's, no, I was going to say, it's so funny because it, you know, our motives and, and who we are, our core motives. It's so funny because I have learned that my first, my first conversation as a core yellow is it's going to be okay. Yes. It's all right. Don't worry about it. Yes. My red blue daughter is like, 
Mom, yep. it's not always going to be okay. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and definitely not right now. <laughs> not right now. Do, do you know what? I, I love what you just said. In fact, I have been called insensitive because I'm like, oh, but we'll be fine. They're like, no, we're not going to be fine. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's not good. That's not helpful. And they're like, well, it's not helpful what you're saying either. Like you always say, be happy. I don't want to be happy. I'm mad. <laughs> and and, right. I, and well, I think and, that's true. I do. I do. I think you're right. Yes. You did that thing where I think it's really interesting about like with blues. We talked about that. I think under in our blue, when we Segment. on our blue podcast. Yeah. Which was, okay, I'm going to give you a certain amount of time to worry about this because blues yes. are worriers. Yes. And then you have to put it aside. Yes. And that's what I told McKenna yesterday. I mean, yep. learning from, from your teachings is, you know, feel bad for 24 hours. Right. It's okay. Right. Go through it. Think about it, you know. Yep. And that's hard to do for me. It's yes. like, you know, because I want to get out of it right away. Come of on, course. you're okay. We'll be okay. You happy? Are you happy now? How about now? Is it now? <laughs> you're like a happy drug. <laughs> Are we better yet? Are we happy yet? (laughs) You're you're like a Saint Bernard who's bringing all the the goods. You're good now. You're fine. I'll take you down the hill. It's you know it's 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 true though that irritates people. Like they're don't tell me to be happy now. (laughs) But 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 on the other hand, I I think it is true that some of us take life more seriously than others. That is very true. So yes. when something yes. happens, like, for example, blues, they feel things much more deeply. Or when a red is embarrassed, like they don't, you know, they fail at something. I mean, that is more painful just because of your personality, right? How you see that. But it is true that it, wallowing in the past isn't going to solve your problem. It won't get you where you want to go, for sure, right? So I no, do that, think... that's exactly right. Even though we are yellow, I do think people are better off shortening the worry span. In fact, my wife was so sweet. She gave me these wonderful gifts that are like the the hourglass, and it's uh-huh. literally timed for five minutes. And so when I give it to clients, I give them a hourglass and say, "You got five minutes. When that runs out, let it go." Isn't that cool? She just she made the concept so much easier to visually see. So I'm really excited about that. Oh, that's nice. That I great? love that. Yep, very cool. I really love that. It's very impressive. Yep. So we're talking about today, we're talking about perspective. Perspective for me is the essence of living life well. And I I think what's so fun about that is like, let me, let me ask you a question. We'll start with a question for you Mm -hmm. in the morning when you wake up, is the first thing you do something you love or is it the hardest thing you need to get done? I do, I do the thing I love. Uh, and what is that? Workout. Yep. Okay. <laughs> this is perfect. So, what? so my wife and I were talking about this. Like, what is the first thing? And she said, she does the thing she loves, right? And I said, oh. Yeah. And she goes, you don't. You do the hardest thing first. And for me, it's working out. <laughs> so for I do the same thing you're doing, only for you it's something you love, and for me it's the hardest thing of my day. <laughs> that is the best ever. So that's so funny. Isn't that there's funny? Perspective, babe. Yes, there's yeah. perspective right there. <laughs> but it really is kind of yeah. a fun question, isn't it? Like some people like to kind of get up and maybe get some coffee, or um, they just sit and read the paper, or they don't. You don't do that anymore, do you? <laughs> you watch the news. 
Uh, you go on your Instagram, uh, whatever you might do, that may be something you actually, how you roll into your day. And others of us, mm-hmm. like the first thing we do is the thing that's probably most challenging and it's mm-hmm. put behind us, right? So again, it's perspective. When, when people say things that are rude or unkind or harsh, how mm-hmm. do you take that? Do you personalize it? Do you believe it? Do you trust it? Or do you dismiss it? Like that kind of thing, right? Um, I, I think yeah. that in relationships, um, I've known people that are in marriages where, where one person will say, I, I was never going to leave you. It's not going to happen. That's not even an option in our relationship. And the other person thinks the first time there's a problem, they're going to go. So their perspective of marriage is much more fragile than the person who says, I'll never go. That's not who I am. So I, I wonder about perspective in life. Like I really wonder about how we see our lives and how we're living our lives. And each color does yeah, it so differently. Yeah, I mean, what do you, oh, I was just going to say that. And what, what do you think, what color has the easiest time with different, like with shifting perspectives? I think yellows actually are the ones most comfortable with change. They actually don't uh-huh. get disturbed by change. And that's partially because they're mm-hmm. not perfectionists. They don't do it perfect, right? Mm-hmm. And they are right. more lighthearted. They're, they're more superficial. It doesn't stick quite so deeply, everything that goes on in life. In fact, a lot of yellows will forget things that were really pretty traumatic, and they'll move on. Yeah. And, and some will say, yes. how could you have forgotten that? And, and we're like, I, I honestly have forgotten it. Um, and then at reds, I think, also are very good at um, logic. Like, it doesn't make any sense to keep that in place, right? They let it mm-hmm. go. I think reds are pretty good about that. Whites tend to really get stuck in their heads. They, they contemplate, they think about it, and blues are the worst. I mean, blues truly, I think, have the hardest time. With perspective, with looking at different perspectives. With letting go of, yes, like, like I think blues mm-hmm. personalize mm-hmm. things. They think about it, it like that's almost their fault. Like they blame themselves so much for, or they feel cheated. Like, well, how could this have happened to me? That kind of stuff. And they can end up wallowing, I mean, for years, actually. And they can also get stuck in not risking or trying something new because of what happened. So I would say that's how I see it. That's, that's interesting. So I, I, I'm wondering if there's, when you said, how can this can happen to me? Is there, is there an end to that? Or is there, a, is there a continuation of that thought for a blue? How can this happen to me because I am so thoughtful, because I always give so much? I mean, is that part of tied to that? Yes, 100%. 100%. I wouldn't do that to somebody. Why would they do it to me? I don't think that way. How yeah. can they did that? Yes. And, and I'm a good person. How can good people have bad things happen to them? That's a very blue kind of mindset. It really is. And it's hard for them. Okay. It's, it's interesting. So my son was scammed recently and he's white. And um, mm-hmm. I was livid. I was outraged by the in unfairness, the injustice of someone taking advantage of an innocent person. That drives me insane. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was interesting. His take on it was um, ashamed and embarrassed. And how could I be so stupid? And I said, oh, buddy, you, don't have, you have no idea. I said, they're so good at what they do. It's not about you at all. It's all about them. And we're all vulnerable to that. And the more he mm-hmm. could put it in perspective, the better it was. It took him a little longer to kind of get through you know, the, the loss of the money and that kind of stuff. But I think mm-hmm. what was also hard for him was that people really do this to people. He's so kind, he would never do that. So I think for blues as well, 
if you're not like that, you don't understand how somebody could do that. Doesn't make sense. And you also do think that by being a good person, it should prevent you from having bad things. Yeah, I, as you're talking about perspective, there's one thing I, I, I don't want you to move off yet, because I think right now in the world, what I'm hearing and you know how like things kind of go through our culture and our society, like these words or these phrases. And it's like anything anybody does isn't that it's never about you. It's about how they feel themselves inside. Yes. Right. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. So so when you say that to somebody, if a blue is hurt, it doesn't really matter it doesn't really help a blue to say, well, it's not about you. It's about who they are. Well, I don't care. I st- it still hurts me. Yes. Yes. So that perspective of they're not going to be okay until they fix the relationship. They fix that hurt. They, they speak about and they, and they come together on what's happening to them as the other person has done it to them. Yeah. They can't just let it go just because it's not about them. No, right? no, it, it's, it's so funny you say that because as a therapist, yes, I tell them, look, you're making this about you and it's not. That's that's the work of self-improvement. But in the moment, if I'm with a friend who's saying something happened to them, my words are, I'm really sorry. Like, I'm really disappointed. That's very disappointing. I can't believe that happened. I mean, I'm just more empathetic because they're not looking for oh, therapy. that's a great distinction, Taylor. Yeah, they don't want to grow. There's a therapeutic, yes. there's a therapeutic yes. process yes. that says, Understand it's not about you. And then there's an empathetic, I'm standing here with you and vulnerable with you right. Uh, response. Right. Exactly. And if you're always telling somebody, like, improve, get better, whatever, like parents do this to the kids all the time, that's not necessarily healthy. Like, it's okay to be empathetic, to be in the moment with them and feel what they're feeling. And then at some point, yes, it's appropriate to say, so how can we make this better? What can we do about this? How can we manage this? But I don't think the first response should always be that. And I know a lot of red parents and red spouses, that's immediately where they go. Instead of just that empathetic moment of connection. So I think it's important. You know, it's weird. I just did it with McKenna because like she's telling me this yesterday. Yeah. And I actually physically was like, I, I, I was like, I was nervous. Yes. I, I started getting nervous the more upset she was getting. Like, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Let, let, whatever, whatever. You know, I'm trying to push her out yes. of that emotional yes. state yes. that you're talking about instead of sitting there with her and going, you know what? That does suck, doesn't yep. it? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, that, and we think we're doing them a favor, but we're really not. And then they feel guilty even. Some of them feel guilty even saying something to you because they know you mean well, but that's not helping them. So I think it's important. And this is all perspective. It's all perspective. Absolutely. Well, and here's the beauty. If you could just get inside someone's head and understand why they see it the way they do it, it it would help immensely. I was talking to a man yesterday. He's very blue. And his wife is very red. And Mm -hmm. I love this couple. They're just terrific. And yet they are so disconnected. So his issue is... I don't understand what the point of the grind in life is if there isn't anything more. If you're not going to have intimacy and a higher sense of just being with somebody and being understood by them and sharing ethereal thoughts, why do you get up every day and make money? Well, what's the whole point to that? She, on the other hand, is like, that's what life is. Get up, work, get things done, take care of business, uh, pay the bills. So I said to them, I actually like who you are as a couple. What you could bring to each other reminds me of my wife and I. Like she is much more the ethereal, aesthetic, intimate, and I'm more the grinder. Like get up, 
go do whatever. Well, either one of our lives would be less effective without the other person. But in this couple situation, they neither has come to appreciate or see it through the eyes of their spouse. Neither one. And so they're stuck in, you don't understand me. You don't get why this is hard for me. You don't get why it means so much to me or why you're difficult for me. And this young man, I was so impressed yesterday when he said to me, I, I think I'm beginning to understand. I've done a very poor job of appreciating that when I married her, that's why I married her. She got me up and on with my life. She made things happen, took care of business. And today I resent the very thing I married her for. That does not work for me. What a great insight. Isn't that powerful? No. Oh, very powerful. Would, would you do me a favor? And, and So we've talked about the um, EQ part of, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the five areas of EQ, which is awareness, what, uh, self-awareness, empathy, social skills, self-regulation, self-regulation and motivation. Right. And motivation, uh-huh. right? So perspective falls under, would it fall under one of those? Actually, okay, so let's start with that. First of all, self-awareness is part of perspective. Are you aware, for example, mm-hmm. the blue that takes things personally, can they own, uh-huh. I'm doing that, right? Or the yellow that's kind of dismissive, like it's not that big a deal. Do they see that about themselves? Okay, so self-awareness mm-hmm. fits. Self-regulation definitely is part of perspective. Because you you got to be able to sit in and control your perspective, like how how you're seeing it. Um, motivation is definitely part of that. Like, what am I going to do about it? It's cold. How am I going to see this differently? Exactly. Uh huh. Let's go to empathy is a huge piece of perspective because we tend to be we see it through our eyes, not others. And if you're not going to be able to see their perspective, I mean, look at the deadlock we have in American Congress and other kinds of places in the world where they do not have any ability to understand why would somebody else even say what they're saying or believe the way they believe, right? Yes. And then lastly, social skills. If you're going to be effective with people, you've got to be able to see other perspective, not just your own, for sure. And so I think, yes, in all five areas, perspective plays a role. It's it's interesting. Now that's a really cool layer to all of those. Things. Yeah. When you when you put perspective, you know, when you when you put on perspective glasses and you go, how do I see the the emotional intelligence impact? And then you go to core motive. Then you kind of really can start building a path, right? A, a good path, understanding. It's a interesting. Like when you're older, right? Aging is a very interesting process because unless you are older than the person, you can't understand what they're experiencing. That loss of physical power. That. Uh, insecurity about uh, health, whatever it might be, right? Mm-hmm. So that one teacher mm-hmm. that did that wonderful example of they they um, spread like oil on glasses so you couldn't see so well, and they tried to make mm-hmm. them experience what it was like to be older, trying to give an idea of what the perspective might be. I, I think it's very interesting that when I was 30 and I heard somebody died at 70, I always said, well, they had a good life. I'm 70. It's like midlife. It's like, what? (laughs) I don't think you have a good life. You die today. (laughs) Things have changed dramatically, right? Oh, I I tell everybody that the older I get, my... It's the younger, you know, my age yes. is younger. It's yes. like, oh, I'm 60, that's nothing. <laughs> 60 is the new 30. Yes. Come on. No, it's so true. It is true. It's very, and then, of course, we do know there are 60-year-olds that feel like they're 90. And there's that reality yeah. also. They go the other way. But I do think perspective yeah. is sometimes hard to get 
if you really have no baseline to come from. And I've, I've discovered that in my life, I have discovered that, like, I had to really work to understand people that don't choose to be happy. I, I just, it was like, wh- why would you not choose that? And I've come to realize that every single one of us have something that bugs us about ourselves, something we have to work on, an obstacle to overcome, so that when, mm-hmm. for, for somebody, being happy could be a major life goal. Whereas for you, it's like, that was, that's a no-brainer. It's so simple. And for somebody else who's very committed, they show up every single day, they're always reliable, they may, have, they may struggle with something totally different, right? So I think that it's important mm-hmm. to find your, what are your struggles that were imposed on you? What are your mm-hmm. struggles that you have self-created? And mm-hmm. what is your role in overcoming them? That's a very important element of quality of life, I think. Just take that, take that responsibility. So do you, I mean, do you have that your fingertips might not, um, uh, this is a, a one-off question. Do you ever give clients or have you found a really great perspective exercise? You know, like have you told somebody, here's what you have to do to gain perspective? Well, the, the only, no, I don't. The only thing I've ever seen done that way is when I was being taught to be a therapist, they would say to me, you start by saying, here's what I heard you say. Is that what you said? And it was very, it's Rogerian counseling. And it does, it mm-hmm. stops you from interjecting your elements into the conversation before you identify what they have said and acknowledged correctly, that's what they said. Because they have the right to say, that's not what I said. No, here's what I said. And you have to go back to that place first. So that's the one thing I was taught in preparing to be a therapist, to understand someone else is getting heard, like really heard. But I don't have a great example of a, we'd love that from our callers. I think that is a great example. I think that's something I can write down on a piece of paper and put it in front of me because I don't use that. Here's what I heard you say. Oh, well, and And, and I mean, I think that's powerful. It's also powerful when they respond and say, no, that's not what I said. I have been stunned at times thinking, I knew I, I knew I had it right, and I didn't. Like, I really thought I knew yeah. what they said. And they're like, that's not it at all. So that has been insightful. I had to learn from that dynamic for sure, right? So I, I do think it's oh, – it, but perspective, I, I you know, we, we experienced um, uh, Valentine's a little while back, and I loved this story about perspective. So this teacher – does this wonderful activity every year with her students where they get to write um, a nice note to everybody in the class, which is something we've all tried mm-hmm. to kind of do. But her story's a little different. She said she was madly in love with a boy named David in sixth grade. He was the best of the mm-hmm. best. Valentine's came. He does this big card. It's the biggest card she got. And it was opened it up. She goes, it was from David. She was it almost melted on the floor. She was so excited. And then it said, you are the ugliest girl in our class. Oh. And it devastated. <laughs> I mean, can you, I mean, I, I literally go back to sixth grade and I think, what would that have felt like in sixth grade? And she was destroyed. Oh. Yeah, destroyed. So she said, ever since that happened, I had to crawl back to a clarity about what should this day be for people. And she wanted it to be something that was uplifting and encouraging and enhancing and so she has always made it her commitment that she would never deprive somebody of a good experience on that day because of what she experienced that was negative. Isn't that cool? 
And what oh, I, very. And what I discovered in, because uh, I would do these retreats, right? And I would have people come uh-huh. and you've been there. So you've experienced this. Yep. At the very end yep. of the retreat, we get just write our name on the top of paper and we yes. pass it around to the other 10 participants. And everybody, yes. everybody gets to write one line, just one line. Does that make sense? And I've had people yep. say to me, I've read them 10 years later. I literally have I done. do. <laughs> I, I know. They're so special. I do. And they mean so much. Now, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, one of my favorite moments, <laughs> I would say to people, <laughs> if you read something and it's exactly what you want to say, just put an exclamation mark. There's no reason to write it again. Just put Rewrite it. Right. Yeah. So I, I do remember the time <laughs> that my, my, my wife said on mine, great in bed. And there were three, <laughs> three exclamation marks. <laughs> Nobody got out of that retreat alive. I can tell you. I know Gene well enough. <laughs> it, was, it was one of those magical moments. <laughs> But the truth is, that's hilarious. <laughs> so that, 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 hilarious. that kind of backfired on me. But the idea is, yes. the idea is yes. just, you know, just send a text once in a while to somebody and say, I was just thinking about you. I just want you to know what you mean to me. And you would be surprised what it means to have an uplifting comment about somebody who sees you differently, maybe better than you see yourself. So, yes. So that yeah. was our thing today. We talked about perspective. It was always a pleasure. Yeah. Pat Larson, it, being with you on this is just a fun experience for me. So thank you. And our thank listeners. You. Thank you, Taylor. We love that you're growing and you're coming along and telling your friends about us. And we appreciate that very much. You can always find us at taylorhartman.com or on the podcast. Thanks so much. We will talk to you next week. Bye now. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Hey, Color Code family, it's Kathy Larson. I want you to take down a number. I want you to put this in your contact list under the people code. The number is 385-526-2350. Again, 385-526-2350. Text the word VIP to that number and you'll get back from us a request for your name and your email. That way we'll be in touch with you on anything that's happening at the People Code, any offerings, exciting things that are coming up. And you can let us know what your needs are by texting us at that number. Look forward to staying connected even more. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.